0: Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake, you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. All right, well, good morning, everybody. Uh, I, you know, I love that video. Um, Pastor Chris actually introduced me to Tim Hawkins. I had never heard of him before, and we were on a road trip once, and we list- I think we listened to every single Tim Hawkins video or uh, clip. And uh, this is one of my all-time favorites. Obviously, I'm I'm married to Kristen, who is just speaking. And I don't think I have said any of those things to you. Okay, you can talk to her after service. Uh, But for those of you who don't know who I am, I'm Matt. And I am actually the worship pastor at the bridge here. And it was just refreshing for me to just be able to worship over on this side today and not be up here. And it was just awesome to be uh, just with you guys worshiping. And what an awesome, good job, worship team. What an awesome job. So phenomenal. Thank you. So we are in this uh, new series that Pastor Chris actually kicked off last week, and it is called Dumb Things Christians Say. What a great title. I mean, what a great series. And how many of us have ever said something dumb before? Like, your foot is literally in your mouth. Maybe not literally, but it feels like it. And it's like the words just come out of your mouth, and then you're like, oh, wait, can I take those back? Can I pull them back yet? I didn't want to say that. And uh, unfortunately, I can relate to this uh, myself because I have said many dumb things in my lifetime and uh you know more than I care to admit and if you don't believe me you can ask my wife uh and uh I've said you know I've said things like you know this wasn't necessarily one to my wife but I've said things like yeah surely the Vikings are going to win the Super Bowl this year I know they're going to do it nope and then you know my my wife Kristen and I we have we have two beautiful children and you probably see them running around and they are crazy kids and they wear us out and uh, when, you know, when Kristen was expecting, when we were expecting our very first baby, I learned very quickly the hard way of things that you should say and things that you shouldn't say uh, to a, a, a lady who is who's expecting a baby. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to let you know which which of these things I actually said and which ones I didn't say. Um, because you'll have to talk to Kristen because you can talk to her after service and she will verify which of these items I actually spoke to her. Uh, But here's like what you don't want to say to somebody who is pregnant. Uh, In my case, this is what I don't want to say to my wife when she is pregnant. Here's the first one. Why are you sweating so much? Uh, It was like 30 below when our windows were open and she was still sweating every night and I was like freezing cold. So that just happens, I guess. Uh, are you eating again? Are you going to eat all of that? Really? Okay, guys, don't trust me. Go there. Instead, you just say, hey, can I get you some more? Why are you crying? Like, what's wrong? And really, the way I see it is there, there, there may be no real reason. It's, 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 there's not a reason. It's doubtful. She's crying because the towel in the bathroom is still damp or the puppy found its way home in the car commercial. Just don't ask. Just ask her, can I bring you a tissue? And say, I love you. Um, the other thing is don't ever say, hurry up. we got to get there quicker because the back hurts and it takes a little longer to walk around when you're pregnant. The other thing that you definitely don't want to say is, you look huge. Are you sure we're not having twins? Don't ask me if I said that one. And then the other one is, how fast do you think we're going to lose the baby weight? Just don't say that. Do not say that. You know, I have actually never lost my baby weight. Dad gets more baby weight than mom, I think. So the other one that you just don't want to say is, you know, I bet if I was a woman, I'd be a really good pregnant woman. Just don't say that. Don't say that one. And the other one is the guys don't say, this pregnancy is hard on me, too. Just, just don't go there. Just don't go there. <laughs> uh, during the, the doctor's visits, don't make any notes of, like, the weight on the scale. Like, that's just, it's okay. It's, don't make a big deal about that. It's already hard enough on, on your wife when she's standing on the scale. And at Mercy Hospital, I don't know if you've been there, but it's like literally it's like this giant plate and it's like you're like a cattle like walking onto a thing. And it it's horrible. You the numbers like it's like I don't know, it's like when you watch Biggest Loser, like the numbers like go like all over and Yeah. So she she didn't like that feeling going to that hospital. But it's a great hospital, but she just didn't like that part of the uh, experience or the clinic. During birth She might look tired, but just don't say this. Don't say, you look exhausted. It's just not encouraging. Uh, Don't say, how long will this take? Man, three hours? Wow, this is a long, wow. Don't say, I'm exhausted. These hospital chairs are so uncomfortable. Uh, (laughs) Don't say, hey, is it okay if I check the score? I want to see if the twins are up in the ninth. Uh, Don't say, during birth, uh, how about we take a labor selfie? Facebook, yeah. Uh, Don't say, you're hurting my hand because she might be squeezing your hand a little bit. And then uh, don't say, I know you aren't allowed to eat right now, but do you mind if I grab a snack? I am really hungry. Those just won't go well. Uh, The other one is don't say, I'm just going to lie down for a bit. I'm pretty beat. I might have done that, actually. And the other one is don't say, see, honey, it doesn't hurt that bad, right? Okay, you get my point. I may have not said all of those things. I may have said one or two of them, maybe none of them, because, you know, I'm a great husband and very loving and very discerning, and I never say dumb things. But you never know. You'll have to ask her to to validate if I actually said some of those things or not. And uh, speaking of what not to say, kids. So I mentioned that we have two kids, and our youngest, he's just starting to speak. I can hardly understand what he says. He's like, wah, wah, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, he wants his water now. Okay, cool. But my daughter, like, bless her heart, she is super goofy. And the thing about her is she just never stops talking. Like, if you're around here, like, you won't even be able to get a word in. She's just going, going, going. She's just a little chatterbox. And I love that about her. But the thing that kind of scares me is kids are like sponges. Like, they absorb everything. You can tell her something one time, and she will remember it forever. And the other thing is kids are like tape recorders. So if you say something around them, they will repeat it over and over and over and over. And so they hear something, they never forget it, and they're a tape recorder, so they always repeat it. That is a very dangerous combination for a girl who never stops talking. So anyway, so she's two and a half, and she loves to talk, and at times that can put us in awkward situations. Uh, And, you know, I just have a couple recommendations. So if you're ever at the grocery store with my daughter if you ever are somehow at the grocery store at the same time as her, just pretend like you don't know her and keep your distance because you will immediately be embarrassed because, uh, you know, one time uh, my wife, Kristen was explaining to Abby, like, I work at an office and I sit at a desk all the time and I get hungry. So I always need snacks because if I don't have snacks, I just, I just get hungry and I feel like I'm going to pass out and I get crabby. She calls it hangry. Um, And so I have a snack at my desk and one time, Kristen was explaining what that snack, that particular snack was, and so they were walking through the grocery store, and they got to the aisle where my snack is, and all of a sudden, at probably 100 decibels, Abby yells, daddy's nuts, really loudly, and Kristen's like, oh, Abby, shh, that's so embarrassing, what do I do? Yeah, I have mixed nuts at my desk. Okay, thank you, Abby. I get it. You put the two together in a two-year-old's mind. Daddy's nuts. Okay, that's embarrassing. Uh, The other one, maybe not as funny, not as funny as that one, but it's kind of it can go the other way too. It can it can also be not funny and it can just be downright inappropriate or rude or or not funny. And um, they were at the store, and I hope the person didn't hear her her say this, but there was a, a gentleman who had a very maybe it was a scarred face or he had something happen to his face where his face was like it didn't look normal I guess and a two-year-old who is very blunt and just does not know how to keep her words to herself said mommy it's a monster and immediately I'm sure mom was like oh no Abby, don't say that so loudly Jesus makes everybody unique and brought it back to God but it's like just bless her heart, Abby. <laughs> Sometimes says things that she shouldn't always say. And the other one that I actually love, and she did this last week at the church, uh, she, she's being potty trained right now, and she thinks it's really cool to go pee and poop on the potty. She thinks it's like the coolest thing in the world. And so she'll occasionally come in, and she'll at the top of her lungs just say, Daddy, Mommy, I need to go poop. And no matter where we are, like she, could, she might walk through these doors right now. If she hears me and no one's watching her, she might come in here and yell it. So just be ready for it. Uh, so it can be a little embarrassing, but, you know, I guess she's two, so she can get away with it. And that's my whole thing here is, like, kids are cute, uh, but once once you get a little bit older, you can't play the cute card anymore. Like, if I say something stupid or if I say something embarrassing, like if I just all of a sudden went, hey, I have to poop. I'll be right back, guys. You would just look at me like I'm a crazy person. And so sometimes, uh, you know, I just say, oh, no, I put my foot in my mouth or I should have been thinking before I, I, I was speaking and in another way of saying that, we, we just say dumb things. Sometimes we just say dumb things. And it's not just Christians that say dumb things. It's everybody who can say dumb things from time to time. And so uh, I know there's a lot of reasons for why we would say a, a dumb thing. Um, but for the sake of our time today, there's kind of two things that I wanted to bring up that are reasonings behind why sometimes uh, adults will say, grown-ups, even kids, I guess, would say things that are kind of silly. And so the first one is, uh, I think I have it on the slide here, is sometimes people find themselves in awkward situations. So sometimes when we're in an awkward situation, we don't know what to say. And because we're uncomfortable and we don't know what to say, we end up saying something dumb. And so that might be, it might not be something as funny as, you know, my daughter yelling something inappropriate. Um, It might be, you might be at a funeral and you might not know what to say to somebody, or you might have heard of the news of, of of a co-worker or somebody Uh, passing away, or you might find out that somebody has an illness or cancer, or you might find out that somebody's spouse left them, or that they left a spouse, or the list can go on and on. But sometimes we're placed in uncomfortable and awkward situations, and we don't know what to say, and so then all of a sudden we'll just blurt something out. And sometimes it makes sense, and sometimes it doesn't. And so that's number one. Uh, That's one of the reasons why sometimes we say things that are dumb. The other thing is that sometimes our theology can be all messed up. And you might be saying, wait, Matt, what's theology? And a lot of us probably know what that is, but that's okay if we don't know what that is. So I'm just going to break it down for a second. Theology is simply what we believe and what we know about God. So it's our reasoning behind what we know about God and what we believe to be true. And, you know, our theology, it matters. It's super important. Uh, It It controls what we believe. It shapes how we think about God. It shapes everything about us. And last week, Pastor Chris, he kicked off this series, and he talked a lot about God's will for our lives and what does that look like and what does that mean. And one of the things he mentioned is that the vast majority of the time, uh, we find out the answers in life. We find out the answers of of what it it is to be in God's will um, by reading God's word. And he said that if you want to know God, if you want to know his voice, the only book you need to know is the Bible. And I just thought that was really cool. And we're going to actually be talking a little bit, just breaking it down today. We're going to be talking about uh, just one specific verse in the Bible. And it's like a building block, I think, of Christianity. It's what separates Christianity from every other religion, every other belief system. And really, it all starts with Scripture and our view of the Bible. And so oftentimes, as Christians, we let our emotions, we let our feelings, we let our pride, we get our bad theology to influence our words and actions instead of the truth that is found in God's Word. And so that's the number two reason of why I think sometimes we say dumb things, is either we're in, number one, we're in an awkward situation, or number two, our beliefs or our theology might be a little misaligned, a little messed up. And so that's why we're doing this series, and for those of you who were here last week, Pastor Chris also kind of mentioned some of these things too, but just wanted to allow us to have some tools and have some things in our minds that we can think about so that we don't get caught with our dumb things that we might say every now and then. And so this series will provide us with tools and clarity and truth to help us filter our theology and help us filter our beliefs so that we can have great words and uh, not embarrassing words, I guess, uh, like my two-year-old daughter. So today I invite you to join me to just take a step back with me to take a look at just a big picture element of, of the Bible. And I just invite you to be intentional about our theology. Let's be intentional about the things that we say before we, we say them, and let's be intentional about we, how, how we handle awkward and uncomfortable situations. Let's be intentional about our words so that we don't get caught in the trap of saying dumb things. So I'm just going to pray, and we're just going to kick this off, and we're going to get right into uh, some Bible verses here in a moment. So I'll just pray. Lord, Jesus, we thank you uh, that you are the way, that you are the truth, that you are the life. Lord, we thank you that the Bible is true, that it's relevant, that it is real for our lives that it can be our source of truth, that it can be our guide. And Lord, today, I just thank you for this church. I thank you for every person here today, Lord. And I just pray, myself included, God, that you would just speak to our hearts, that you would impart your wisdom on us, Lord, and that you would guide um, our conversation, Jesus, so that we can hear from you. Um, Lord, that you would just help us to be receptive to your words today. Lord, use me, God, to be your voice to this church. Lord, we pray, you, pray this in Jesus' name. And we praise you. Amen. Uh, So, words have power. Words are powerful. And I'm just going to read through some verses here just to uh, hit on and emphasize the word, word. And so, these verses all speak about words. And so, Proverbs 15.1 says this. And I do have uh, these on the screen. I'm going to read through these. If you have your smartphone, you can read along with me. Otherwise, just uh, you can direct your attention towards the screen as well. So, Proverbs 15.1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word... Stirs up anger. Now, believe it or not, Kristen and I—we never fight. Like we never disagree on anything. Like we're like the perfect, you know? We're like Ken and Barbie. Like we're perfect, you know? Yeah, we 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 just never have disagreements. Okay, I don't—is that the right names for the Barbie dolls? I don't really know. So, I didn't play with Barbies. So, Uh, but believe it or not, uh, we do get in like little—I don't know—petty fights from time to time. And we're both kind of stubborn, and we both have strong opinions. And, okay, I'm stubborn. I won't say that she is. She can confess that herself sometime when you talk to her. Um, But sometimes we get into arguments, and all of a sudden we'll be like, I don't know, five minutes into this argument or ten minutes into this argument. And before we know it, we're not actually arguing about the thing we were arguing about. We're arguing about how... You said something to me during the argument and how I said something to you. And all of a sudden, we're arguing about the words that we're using in the argument. We're not arguing about the thing that started the argument. And then by the end of it, I'm like, what are we even fighting about? Like, I don't even remember what we're fighting about. And so this verse really speaks strongly to me because if I just would have the ability to have a gentle answer, I could avoid the entire argument. But a harsh word stirs it up and keeps it going. And so for me, that was convicting when I read that this week. is just the power of my words and the power of our words is incredible. Uh, the other one, I'm just going to read this really quickly. It's uh, Matthew 12:34, the second half of verse 34 and into, into 37. It says, For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every word they have spoken, for by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Okay, that's intense. You could probably speak an entire message just on that passage and what that means. But all I wanted to get to is words are important. The Bible talks about that. What we say matters. The next thing is Proverbs sixteen twenty four. Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul, and health to the body. Another version will say health to the bones. Uh, Ephesians 4.29 says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And then Ephesians 4.15, I I don't have that one on the screen, but just paraphrase, it just says, tells us to uh, speak the truth in love. And so the Bible says a lot about how we speak, the words that we say, And I just encourage you sometime to do, like, a a little mini study on your own and just read through, like, what does the Bible say about words? And so words matter, what we say matters, and as Christians, how we say it matters. So this morning, uh, the topic of dumb things that Christians say, the phrase is, uh, is this, it doesn't matter what you believe, all roads lead to God. And sometimes maybe you've heard it as um, all roads lead to heaven or... We all worship the same God across every single religion, or it's all the same. Uh, I don't know. There's different ways that people will say this phrase, but it doesn't matter what you believe, all roads lead to God. And according to the Bible, there's a very different uh, explanation that we find in Christianity, and that is found in John 14, 6. And I'm just going to read this out loud here, and it should be on the screen. And this is literally Jesus' words. He just says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. i want to read that one more time. Jesus answered and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And you tell that to some people, and it might, that might be offensive. But as Christians, we believe God's Word is the truth. We believe God's Word is, like it says in 2 Timothy 3.16, that all scripture is God-breathed. And so we believe that, uh, what Jesus is saying here is truth and is real. And so as Christians, we believe that Jesus is the way. And so there's another verse that kind of hits on this as well. Uh, Matthew, it's uh, Matthew seven thirteen through 14. It just says this, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. And so the phrase, it doesn't matter what you believe, all roads lead to God, is not backed up in Scripture. Because, like the Bible's talking about, the gate is narrow. And so when I was a kid, that verse used to scare me. And I used to think, oh no, am I going to be able to find the narrow gate? Um, but we can have confidence in, in Jesus Christ. If, we're, uh, if we have a relationship with Him, if we re- received Him into our lives, we can have confidence. We don't have to be afraid of that verse. Uh, and so we'll get into that here in a moment. So the difference between Christianity and all other religions is there's three things that I would like to briefly run through today is what are the, the key differences between Christianity and, and, and any other religion. And so the first one, uh, which we have up on the screen, is all other religions force us to, be, to, be, to, to earn our way, to get on God's good side on our own. We have to take the first step. And so we have to grasp hold of him, and we have to do it through our own human efforts. And so the first point is that God, in Christianity, God reaches down to us. God reaches down to us. We don't do something first. He did something first. It's not focused on, on what we do. It's focused on what He has done, He being Jesus as well. And so Romans 5 8 says this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I don't think that one's on the screen, but Romans 5 8, that's just an assuring verse to know that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And one of the things that I love that Pastor Chris says a lot here at the bridge is that, the, that God will meet you where you're at. It doesn't matter. Uh, where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've come from, the Lord wants to meet you where you're at. He wants to reach out to you. He wants to love you, and He wants you to love Him. And as a result of loving Him, some things in your life might change. And in fact, things in your life should change, but He makes that first step, and He reaches out to us. Uh, The second point, uh, which kind of goes hand in hand here, is that our religion is not a system of do's and don'ts to appease God. We don't earn our way in. We don't earn our love from God. In fact, Christianity is about having a relationship with God. It's about knowing Him. It's just not about doing things for Him, but it's about having a relationship. Psalm 145 uh, says this, 18 and 19. It says, The Lord is near to all who call on Him, to all who call on Him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear Him. He hears the cry, their cry and saves them. So what, what I love about that is it's just talking about God's heart, that He wants to be near to those who call on Him. And He wants to, he wants to fulfill the desires of of those who fear him. And fear him doesn't mean that in a negative way. Fear is kind of, a, in the Bible, sometimes that's just showing a sign of respect, those who respect him. Um, and so we don't have to appease God to receive his favor by our actions. He already showed us his love by sending Jesus. And so no other religion has, a, has, has that. And the, other, the last thing is, the third thing, is no other religion has an empty tomb. Uh, Christianity is based upon the most amazing event in all of human history, and that's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's a miracle. Um, You read about it in the Bible. It's the pivotal thing in Christianity, and I know that that's like a basic foundational building block, and a lot of us might already know that, but let's just take a moment to think about it. Every other major religious leader is dead, okay? People have been looking for Jesus' body for thousands of years, and they still haven't found him. And with all of the advancements in scientific technology, no one has been able to solve this mystery in the world of science because the tomb is empty and the body is not hidden. It will never be found because Jesus rose from the dead. Amen. And so, uh, so the things that separate Christianity from everyone else is that um, God reaches out to us, that Christianity is about having a relationship with God. It's not just following a set of rules. And Jesus rose from the dead. And so those are three significant things that, that we believe at the Briggs Church, that we believe those who, are, who call themselves Christians, that's what we believe. And so the Bible shows us that God sent his one and only son to this earth to save us from our sins, and that Jesus is the Lord of glory, that he is the object of our worship, that he is our hope and our joy and our satisfaction. And so that's why on Sunday mornings we kick off our service by singing. And like today, that we sang, you won't relent, that, we, that you won't relent, that you would have us all, that you would have our whole hearts, that we sang that because it's a relationship factor with Jesus. We're not just Singing songs to him, but we want him to know us and we want to know him. And so, like we read earlier in John 14, 6, when Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, no one comes to the Father except through me, uh, we realize that the saying that all roads lead to God is just not true. And sometimes, as humans, sometimes we're put in awkward situations. That might not be a comfortable thing for us to share with somebody. So, as a default, we might say that saying, just because we don't want to have a difficult and offensive conversation with somebody. And so that's, that goes back to the earlier point that sometimes we as Christians say dumb things because we are put in an awkward place. Um, or maybe our theology is a little off. And that's the second point that we had earlier is maybe our theology is off and maybe we actually believe that to be true. And so then that's when I encourage us to go back to the scriptures and see what Jesus says in the Bible like we just read. And so I'm going to ask the worship team to come up here and we'll, we're going to just get into the close here in a moment. Um, but before we do that, I just have a couple more things that, that I'd like to read. I, and, uh, you know, I just believe that the Lord, that nobody is here by mistake. And, and, you know, maybe you've been a Christian your whole life, and that's great. And maybe you've known Jesus your whole life. Maybe maybe Jesus is just asking you today to just contemplate, like, what does it mean that he is the way? What does it mean that he is the truth? What does it mean that he is the life? And uh, maybe, maybe you're here today and, and, you're, and you're thinking, like, man, I've never actually like, had a relationship with Jesus. I've heard about him, or maybe I've never even heard about him. Maybe you're here today, and you don't know what this whole relationship with Jesus Christ is and, and what it looks like. Um, and I just want to give you an opportunity today to uh, commit your life to Jesus. And just know that this is not something that you have to do today. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. But you can do this uh, right now, this, this opportunity that I'm about to present, or you can do this in the car on your way home. You can do this with a friend. You don't have to do this with me. But Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. And so unfortunately, we live in a world where we all have sinned and that separates us from having a relationship with Jesus. That separates us from having a relationship with God. And so because of what Jesus did for us, we can have that right standing with God. We can have that relationship with Him. Uh, when When we... ask him into our lives when we ask him to have that relationship with us and so today if if you have not had a chance to do that romans 10 9 says this if you declare with your mouth that jesus is lord and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you will be saved for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith in our this has been a podcast of the bridge church have a great week stop in sunday sometime and visit If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.